Straw Hut Media. For most of us, when we look in the mirror, we can't help but see parts of our faces or our bodies that we wish we could change. For those of us that have bodies that confirm our gender identity, it might be our skin or our weight. Sometimes it's the shape of our nose or the texture of our hair. For those of us that were born trans, it's often much more. In American society, which is so physically focused and beauty obsessed, it's a constant struggle to remember to love yourself. Today, we are joined by two women. One of them had the courage and of course the resources to change her body to match her gender. The other has made it her mission to help people achieve that satisfaction through medicine. I'm Levi Chambers and this is Pride. Learning to love yourself is a delicate balance that can be summed up pretty well by the serenity prayer, which a lot of addiction recovery programs use. It goes like this, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Even from a non-religious point of view, it rings true. Just take out the God part, and no one besides you can tell whether you should accept what you perceive as your flaws or change them. No one besides you can tell you whether you should or should not get Botox, fillers, a nose job, gender confirmation surgery, any of it. You are the only one who knows what's best for your body and your mind. That being said, it really helps to have a medical professional on your team. My name is Christina Kitsos. I'm a registered nurse injector. A registered nurse injector or a cosmetic nurse is a medical professional that provides non-invasive cosmetic enhancements like anti-aging fillers and injectables, dermabrasion, acne treatments, and laser hair removal. Christina has been injecting for more than 15 years. She has offices in both New York City and Beverly Hills, and she told us that she found her way into her career because her acne was so bad while she was in business school that she didn't want to leave her house for nearly two years. My parents were very concerned. They were like, you're 23 years old, you have to go out. And I'm like, who would go out looking like this? And then I had an ex-boyfriend called me and he said, you know, so-and-so saw you at the gym and he wanted to know what happened to you. And I was like, oh. Even though her father was a plastic surgeon and her stepfather was in medicine as well, she couldn't find a solution. And so I made it my mission to figure out what was going on with my skin. Christina created a skincare routine that cleared up her skin once and for all. And by looking at her now, you'd never guess that she's ever had anything but clear, even skin. Anytime I see somebody that has any sort of skin ailment or something that really bothers them about themselves, my heart goes out to them because I know how that feels, um, regardless of what it is. And so I've just made it my mission the last 15 years to really help people get over whatever it is that's bothering them about their skin. Which brings us to Carolina. Hi, my name is Carolina Gutierrez. I am an actress. I am a social media influencer. I am a group fitness instructor, and I'm also a transgender woman. So I'm from Barranquilla, Colombia, South America. Carolina moved to Florida with her family when she was 14 years old. She went to college and earned a degree in international business. 
I also was struggling, of course, with my gender identity my whole life. I mean, since I can remember, I've always struggled with that. So I buried myself in work, in school, always busy doing internships, thinking that that could, you know, help me forget or, I don't know, put my feelings aside and thinking they would just go away, but it never did. I just felt like I was trapped. Like that feeling of feeling trapped like a lot of transgender people talk about. It's 100% real. You really feel like you're living somebody else's life. Carolina says she had looked into transitioning long before she actually made her decision. It was so scary. It's so overwhelming, the idea of outcasting yourself, basically. You know, especially back then, we didn't have the presence that we have now on social media, on the media in general. Um, all the amazing people that are making waves in the trans community, they, they weren't there for us to look up to. So it was scary. And I kind of just buried it as much as I could. But I was slowly getting there, you know, researching and figuring out, like, is this really for me? And like, should I really do this? And finally, it just all came into to reality. After she graduated from college, she decided it was time to make it happen. And luckily, Carolina's family and friends supported her in her decision. So I have to say I'm very privileged. And the reason why I say that right away is because I know so many people in my community that are not, that are shunned, that are uh, kicked out of their homes, that are mistreated from their communities and society in general. So my family and friends were very supportive from day one. They were not very knowledgeable, so there was a lot of times a lot of miscommunication and sometimes they didn't understand and they were fearful for me. But at the end of the day, they were always ready to be there for me and to accept me and to just kind of go along with me through this process. I started going to a psychologist and I got my letter saying that, yes, you are indeed uh, suffering from gender dysphoria. Carolina changed her name legally and started hormone replacement therapy. So you're basically just making sure that your levels are congruent to that of your gender identity. So in my case, bringing the estrogen up, cutting back on testosterone. Um, once I went through that period, then I was allowed to look into reconstructive surgeries, whether it's facial reconstructive surgeries, some people get facial feminization surgeries. I got a tracheal shave to reduce the size of my Adam's apple. Also, um, Obviously, bottom surgery, which is gender reassignment surgery, which I did go through back in 2015. And that was probably the biggest uh, step for me because I always felt like my body didn't match my identity, especially in that area. It was something that for me, it's just I couldn't live my life happily, not knowing that that's something that I could change and that I, you know, that was just not me. And so I went through that. It was a very dramatic experience, uh, but it was also the most rewarding experience I've ever gone through. It was incredible to see your body change that way and how science and technology and medicine has advanced to that degree. It's incredible that I can actually have a functional vagina. You know, we're, is that okay if I say that? Of course. <laughs> uh, it's 100% like perfect for me. I mean, I feel everything. It works perfectly. It looks like any other vagina. And I'm I'm so lucky. Like, that's just, I don't know how to put it. It's almost like 
it's for me like growing up transgender this is like my dream come true you know it's life-changing and it, it saves lives mm-hmm. that's all i have to say i mean it really saved my life i know that i'm sure i would have if that didn't exist for example bottom surgery that i would have figured something out um but a lot of people don't make it past that and they're unfortunately uh, a, a really high suicide rate in the transgender community because of it because a lot of times people don't have the resources they just don't have the support to be able to go through something that hard i had to take off work for months i literally was for a whole year recovering from this bottom surgery. And if I didn't have my family there for me, and if I didn't have the financial support, I I don't know if I would have been able to do it. So it's important to remember that. I think also just you talking about it takes away the fear factor because people like me that are in medicine, we understand what can be done. um, And you can rationally explain that to somebody, but until they talk to someone that's actually had it done and and makes it makes it more real and more attainable. It's almost like they believe you more than they would believe me because you've actually gone through it. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about it, um, to make it okay and to make it less scary. Christina says that every time she does a procedure, she asks her patients on video, how did that feel? Because I want their realistic response and I want their honesty and I want them to say, you know what, it hurt a little bit, but in the long run, it's worth it. When you have a realistic understanding of the process, then when you go into it, you go in with your eyes wide open. So you know, okay, this is how much it's gonna cost. This is how much pain there's going to be involved. And then I always talk to people about, these are the ways that we're gonna try to mitigate your pain. We're gonna do icing, we're gonna do you know, anesthesia, local, we're gonna, I always do some sort of meditation, calming breath, all those things to bring down your blood pressure, to make you feel better. I want people to feel really comfortable with me and that when I tell them, you know, how something's going to go, they're not surprised. They're, they realize that they go into it knowing um, kind of that there's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. And in the end, you're going to be really, really happy, but maybe getting there, you might have a little, you know, a few little bumps along the way. And I think when people have that realistic understanding of the process, in the end, they're, they're much happier because there was nothing that was surprising. With social media, you talked about now there's a lot of visibility. Do you feel like people come in with expectations that are going to be hard to meet? Um, I do. I do. And I'm very, very honest and straightforward with all of my clients that come in. And um, I try to make them realize that a lot of the stuff that they see on social media is photoshopped. And so my goal is to give them the best, um, to let allow them to be the best version of themselves, right? So I, so um, I'm looking at kind of the skin in different dimensions and different levels. I'm looking at bone because bone, your skull is is the foundation for how your face really looks, right? So the first thing I'm looking for is to grow or to enhance bone structure. And then, so that would be like a deeper filler injection. And then the next thing I'm looking for is I'm looking for the muscle movement. What 
muscle movements are contributing to wrinkles and saggy skin and that would be like more the Botox kind of areas that I would inject and then the third level um, would be the surface of the skin so I'm looking at pores fine lines texture tone brown spots all those kind of things and we can really smooth those out and make it look like a really clean palette by doing things like lasers micro Botox or baby Botox um, skin boosters which is a very very dilute filler mixed with botox mixed with other um, ingredients like glutathione that that help for the tone and texture of your skin as well as for brown spots and it really kind of gives this very even um, surface that that just looks kind of flawless so when somebody comes in and you know if they're just fixated on one area i try to make them realize that that you really need to step back and not look at yourself in a super close-up mirror. You want to look at the big picture and really assess all of the different levels of your skin. And um, I try to come up with a plan um, for you know the the long term. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Christina's recommendations for feminizing your face and Carolina's journey toward self-acceptance. Welcome back. As a registered nurse injector, Christina offers specifically non-invasive cosmetic procedures. So, for a person confirming their gender as female, she says there are a lot of minor and relatively painless things she can do to help her patient present more feminine. Number one, she says, is laser hair removal. When you laser the hair that goes around, you know, around the face, that means that that hair, if you, you have to do it a few times, but that hair is gonna be gone for good. And that makes a difference on a daily basis because you're not having to shave, you're not getting ingrown hairs, your makeup goes on so much easier. So that to me, that's like the first thing you should do. Um, it's it's relatively quick. It's not that painful. I use a numbing cream and it's, it's definitely tolerable. I was very thankful that when I started my transition, I didn't have that much facial hair. I never actually grew a beard. So I only had to take care of my upper lip and like some hair in my chin. But um, it was incredible, the, not only the feeling of not having facial hair, but also that boost of confidence. It was like instantaneous, coming out of those sessions feeling like, oh my God, I'm one step closer to my goal. The other things Christina recommends are Botox and fillers. Fillers in the lips and cheeks are easy procedures to feminize your face. A little Botox in the brows, she says, can soften a more masculine forehead. And Botox in the masseter muscles will lessen the width and the projection of your jaw. All of these things can definitely help your face to look more feminine, and they are relatively pain-free, I mean, very, very, very little pain. They're relatively less expensive than a surgery, and they definitely give people that kind of instant gratification. And I think it's a good boost to kind of get you on your way and going, okay, this, this really is possible. Those little changes make a big difference. And people don't realize that, you know, like she mentioned the masseter muscles right here on your jawline. That's something that for me has been a struggle because I've always had a very square face, I believe, from my own opinion. And I have also dealt with TMJ issues, meaning like grinding and stuff like that. So my 
masseter muscle was overdeveloped. And one thing that we've worked with Christina is on getting some Botox in this area to not only fix the over um, bruchism, is that how you say oh, it? Bruxism. Bruxism. Grinding and clenching the grinding, but it also feminizes it. And I've noticed that, and that's incredible for me because that's something that I've always been self-conscious about. Instead of going the drastic route, which is having surgery and having the bone file down, I don't think that it's necessary in, the, in my case. But I think with just a little bit of Botox, you can just like do that subtle, you know, touch that can really make a big difference. It not only made her look better, but because that grinding stops, it actually prevents that those harsh kind of um, inadvertent emotions that come with grinding. And so it definitely like de-stresses your life. And because of that, your emotional responses to things maybe aren't as harsh. And I think that's a really nice uh, you know, result of just something as minimal as masseter muscle Botox injections. No tension. No Getting tension. rid of the tension. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of agree. like, you know, that meditation stance. Deep breath. Yeah. And also, I'm sure her dentist will be happy because oh in God. the next, I don't know, 10, 20 years, she's not going to have, um, the teeth will be nice and strong. And if you don't inject your masseters, you can have temporomandibular joint, TMJ problems. You can grind away your teeth and have to have a lot of expensive um, dental work. It can also make your gums recede. There's so many different things that stress and especially that specific stress on your jaw can create that when you alleviate that, other things just seem to fall into place. I have to agree 100%. I almost get emotional thinking about it because I have been suffering with this for so long and to have that relief means more to me than anything and that's one of the first thing I told Christina when we first met I was like I just want to relieve that tension I, I, I would love the aesthetic results as well and that's always an added bonus to me but the fact that Botox can help the muscle Relax. The fact that you can calm down all that tension that affects so many other things. I mean, it can end up giving you headaches. It can ruin your day. It can ruin your teeth. It can ruin so many things. And to be able to go to the source of the problem and just kind of, you know, do something about it that can really have a trickling effect has really been, to me, life-changing. I know it sounds very dramatic, but it really does make such a big difference for me. And I'm... So happy that they have something like that available. It's funny. Sometimes I'll be standing at the checkout line at the grocery store and I'll see someone in front of me just clenching their teeth. And wanna... Yeah, and I want to go up to them and go, I oh can tell God. you're stressed right now. And if I could just inject those masseter muscles, you you might still have stress in your life, but you're not going to carry it in your body as much. I'm the biggest advocate. It's like taking I off a backpack of stress. Talk you're about like, it all the time. I mean, the, we have one video on social media of us doing our procedure mm -hmm. together. And I got so many messages, so many comments on that because people were like, oh, my God, I, I grow my teeth at night. I have headaches. I am tense all the time in my jaw. Where can I do this? Is it, How is it? You know, and so I was happy to answer every question and and refer them to Christina and just be like, look, this is going to change your life. 
Another thing both Christina and Carolina agree is a major part of feminizing your face and finding confidence is as simple as good skincare. For me, I think as a woman, as a transgender woman, having smooth, clear skin, it's incredible. And I think that any woman would feel amazing, whether you're going through a transition or not, if you can achieve clear skin, if you can achieve a clear complexion. And that to me has been a journey of, you know, doing little things like a little bit of Botox to get rid of the wrinkles, but also making sure that I'm wearing sunscreen on a daily, make sure that I'm protecting my skin, facial hair gone. You know, we're trying to get that nice um, surface that helps with applying makeup, with just putting your best face forward, which I think it's one of the most important things because you want to feel proud of yourself. And your face is the first thing people see. And I feel that once you take care of that, then everything else is so much easier. All of this talk about changing our appearance can start to feel a little overwhelming. So I wanted to know, what is Christina's advice to someone who is just getting started? So my advice is always to... um, First of all, there's to realize that everyone is beautiful in their own way and not to, you know, like nitpick themselves. And I think that once you can really be really realize that every single person has has beauty and has something really valuable about themselves um, and that what I'm doing is just kind of enhancing that, um, then you can instead of looking at something that you think of as a flaw, look at it as, you know, in in the big picture, um, maybe that's something that differentiates you or makes you unique and and wonderful. It's not all about just getting filler and, you know, Botox and, and surgeries. Christina says it's also about sleep, healthy eating, and being kind to yourself. Think about what you're putting into your brain. What kind of messages are you saying to yourself over and over on a daily basis? Because those thoughts, if you have good thoughts and you have positive thoughts and you have, um, you know, like daily affirmations and stuff like that, you're going to set yourself up for being more, you know, having, um, having a better mindset, which actually relates funny enough to better skin. Because if you are constantly telling yourself negative, um, negative thoughts, you're creating cortisol, which is a stress hormone, which is a pro-inflammatory hormone, and that actually affects your skin. Christina compares it to spokes on a wheel. There are a lot of components that go into healthy looking skin. When you can get all of those things under control, so your mind chatter, your food you're eating, sleep, you know, nutrients, um, and then sprinkle in some Botox and fillers and maybe some surgeries and, and you know, um, all those things kind of come together to make you your best version of yourself. Do you feel like at this stage your transition's over or is this a journey that continues for you? I've been asked that before and I think it's funny because I see it as we're all transitioning. Whether you're transgender or not, we're all going through a process of transitioning. We're transitioning from our younger selves to our older selves, we're transitioning from being, you know, a student to being a professional. There's always a transition happening. So to me, I see it more as I'm I'm still growing, I'm still learning. And when it comes down to the technical side of transitioning as a transgender person, I believe that I am done. I don't plan on any other surgeries. I would only just maybe do some upkeep things 
like with Christina, Botox, fillers, things that I can just enhance what I already have um, instead of trying to change anything. I think at, at some point you have to stop. and You have to really just look back and say, okay, I have to accept me for who I am. And then I can just continue on this journey of finding what, what's the best version of myself. Carolina says that the process of transitioning is like going through puberty. And that's what I would always tell what we call baby trans, <laughs> which are people that are just starting out, is that you're just a baby. If, even if you're 40, even if you're 60 and you're starting your transition, you are just a baby and it's going to take time. You have to let hormones do their thing. You know, you have to give yourself that time to embody your true identity that you've been wanting to come out for so long. And you'll see the changes, but you have to be very patient. Just like we all go through our first uh, puberty when we're younger and we have to go through that awkward stage. And then we all of a sudden start blossoming and we start seeing this new, new side of ourselves. That's the same thing with trans people. And unfortunately, some people want to jump the gun and like they want to like get there so fast that unfortunately they make bad decisions. And I think that's why it's so important to have people like Christina to say, you know what, let's slow it down. Let's do baby steps. Let's just do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And be honest, social media is not always accurate. And I think it's important to keep it real and just give yourself that moment to reflect. The most challenging part of transitioning, Carolina says, is self-acceptance. And it has nothing to do with surgeries. It has nothing to do with all the technical side of things. It's accepting that this is my life, that I was born trans, that somehow my brain developed female and my body didn't, and getting to that point in my life where I had to just say, this is who you are, and you can either not do anything about it and be miserable the rest of your life, or you can go this route of transitioning and actually make your body match your brain and you can be in unison with your entire being and that to me was the hardest thing and it can take years it can take decades for some people unfortunately so self-acceptance i always preach because to me that's like the most important thing and try to get it as soon as possible because your happiness comes first and that's a, par a big part of it it's self-acceptance the most rewarding part of transitioning, she says, is finally being free to live authentically. Getting to look at people in the face and tell them this is who I am and not be ashamed of it. That's why I live my life openly as a trans woman. I could be stealth and not tell anyone and just keep it a secret like some people do. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I felt that it was important, especially in our times, to advocate for the trans community and I chose this path of being an activist because I know how important it is for us to continue to fight for trans rights which are human rights and for us to continue to educate the public that we are just human beings like anyone else and also to educate the rest of the trans community on what you can do to get there just like we talk about all the procedures we can get done that are not as invasive or going the route of surgeries or hormones, name changes, adjusting into your life as a transgender person.
Pride listeners, if you're considering transitioning or are at the beginning of your transition, Carolina has this advice. Don't listen to anyone else but yourself. Because a lot of times that chatter can come from the outside and it can bring you down. I had so many people tell me that I was not who I am. Who I am. And it's funny how there's so many outside factors that can tear you apart and can keep you from living your best life. And I think the most important thing is to just completely just cut that all off and listen to your heart, listen to your mind and realize like that's the most important things. You need to be happy with yourself. You know, maybe your parents are not going to be okay with it. Maybe society won't be okay with it. But if you know in your heart that this is what your path is, then that's what you need to do. From a medical perspective, Christina wants you to know that transitioning is a process, and you'll be much happier if you don't rush into anything and you don't cut corners with less than professional work. Because it's really, really enticing, especially kind of for younger um, people to go with the quick fix, quick gratification that they can get, you know, maybe in some hotel room in downtown LA where everyone else is going to get, you know, $2,000 permanent butt injections, and that's scary. Do a lot of research into the doctors you choose, and remember to take it slow. It is definitely a marathon. It's not a sprint. You're going to get there, but let's do it as, as safely as possible. And so really do your homework. Find out who um, who's safe, who's effective in your area, and make sure that you go and talk to them before. Get a bunch of different um, perspectives. So maybe two or three different opinions um, because you have one one body, you know, a lot of people will be so kind of um, cavalier about it, but really, God gave you one body. Be careful with it. You can find them both, Carolina and Christina, on Instagram. Follow Christina at Christina Kitsos. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-K-I-T-S-O-S. And find Carolina at Carolyn14, so that's C-A-R-O. L-A-N-D-1-4. And also you have my email there. And I'm also on YouTube as Carol Land as well. I have a lot of informative educational videos about my transition. is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. Please stay safe, stay healthy, stay home, and listen to podcasts. Christina's like, let's start with sunscreen. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Protect your face, please.